everyone. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first episode, the inaugural episode of uh, Purple Octopus Red Sweater. Sorry, stumbled there out of the gates. This is also take two for episode one. We had a bit of a technical difficulty um, last time we recorded, but that's all right. We're going to bounce back. Um, I'll be one of your hosts. My name's Evan, and then with me is our other host, Wes. Wes, how's it going? I'm doing good. Uh, you're stumbling a bit on the name drop there. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about the first name that we originally had. We won't say that one, but uh, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got in my own head a little bit, but that's all right. Uh, oh, it's all dash good. It's one. All good. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so um, last time we talked was a couple days ago. Um, we focused a lot on the prospect tournament. Um you know, some of the guys that we might be seeing this year, including Mo Sider, uh, Joe Valeno, Lucas Raymond, potentially Jonathan Bergeron. Um, those kind of guys talked about yeah. some goalie performances. I think Bergeron's a bit of a long shot, but uh, mm-hmm. like this year anyway. But uh, yeah, Valeno, Raymond, Sider will definitely all be in games. Yep. Uh, and then speaking of that, I guess we could, this is kind of uh, an update from last time we talked, but uh, Detroit released their training camp roster today. Um, anything notable you want to talk about there? Yeah, actually, I did want to touch on that. Um, at the big boy T-Bone got an invite. And his name's T-Bone Cod on the uh, <laughs> roster sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. That's pretty good. Um, Tataev, one of our guys, one of our favorite guys, also got the call. That's exciting to see. Um, anyone else that you're like excited to see kind of coming into this uh, training camp? Um, honestly, um, other than guys, you know, that are already Red Wings and guys that are prospects, a little interested about Cameron Butler. He's mm-hmm. a forward that played in Niagara in the OHL. Uh, he was at prospect camp as well, but he was uh, – supposed to be drafted like he was predicted like late second to early third even mid second maybe and was undrafted um and the same with uh luke toporowski he was uh supposed to be you know picked somewhere i don't think he was supposed to be too high of a pick but he was undrafted and the red wings got him in now um be interested to see a little more from uh pascal zito mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I guess, you know, like I said, the rest of the guys are kind of Red Wings. We, uh, we're we hoping we know what we to expect from them. And uh, Yeah. I know Eiserman hey. said today that uh, Verona's being held up with his visa, but I guess hoping that he gets in tomorrow. And Larkin has been cleared for some contact, but not full contact. Uh, yeah. Ber- Bergeron's day-to-day with a upper body injury and is not expected to be skating the first couple days. And Raymond has a lower body injury, but he is expected to be in full workout tomorrow. So that's good news. That is good news. Um, so the first thing uh, you mentioned, the Verona thing, was that just like getting through customs? I didn't see. I didn't even see that. Yeah, it's just uh, he just um, he, I guess Eisman was asked why he wasn't uh, in Traverse City yet, and he's just being held up with some visas. But Eisman said he's hoping that he flies in on tomorrow. So, okay, that's exciting. Yeah, I've been so fucking slammed at work. I haven't gotten time to. I, I watched a couple of clips from the Eisman press conference today, but um, something I noticed about him, it, it seems like I don't know. He seems uplifted, like spirit wise. He seems like he's ready to go, which is kind of cool to see. Um, you know. We talked about it over text earlier. He took a couple jabs today at uh, Tyler Bertuzzi for um, Tyler's 
unwillingness to get the vaccine. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Or we, we can skip over that. We don't have to get. Yeah, I mean, I'll just. Uh, yeah, I think we probably just skip over it. Uh, you know, I don't want. I don't want to. Well, no, I, I, I don't want. Like, you know, it's it's Tyler Bertuzzi's decision. I know. I understand. You know, it's a team thing, but you know, it's his personal decision with his personal health. So I don't want to try to berate a guy for doing that. Yeah, so. sure, exactly. Um, a couple more things I just want to talk to talk to you about uh, training camp wise. I think a couple of guys that I'm excited to watch um, that, in my opinion, had strong. Uh, prospect tournaments um, I don't think they're going to be making the team or anything like that but just to kind of see where their development is um, as it relates to playing with NHLers and potential NHLers um, on that list for me is Oscar Plandowski I think uh, he showed some nice signs there Wyatt Newpower uh, he fought a couple times I didn't think he looked like an NHLer but it'll be interesting to see him play against um, those levels of guys uh, we mentioned him previously as well to um, obviously an undersized uh, skater, um, seventh round guy. I'm heavily rooting for Tatayev, and I can imagine that anyone listening to this is probably listening to or rooting for him as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's... yeah, same thing. Um, I, I hope that everybody's excited for Tatayev. Um, yeah, exciting to be able to, to see him at camp, uh, you know, because he was – he looked like he was just – he was all over the ice all, all the time during uh, mm-hmm. prospect camp. Um, he is, uh, obviously a Red Wing prospect, but he is a, uh, playing on a AHL contract in Grand Rapids this year. So that's good that he'll be at least, uh, you know, he was willing to come over to North America and, uh, you know, get his feet wet and get in and, uh, not hold up in Russia. Like a lot of guys do. Yeah. I think, uh, another thing that we're all, we all should be excited for is obviously seeing Lucas Raymond, uh, and Mo Sider. Um, and then a couple more guys that might be fighting for um, extra spots or on that first call-up list, uh, guys like Chase Pearson. Um, interested to see how P.S. Suter plays uh, with our system. Really excited for P.S. Suter. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah. Anything else, though, as far as training camp goes? Uh, um, I'm excited that Bobby Ryan is attending training camp on a professional tryout. Um, you know, I mean, he was a guy that Eisenman brought in last year, a million bucks. Even if you give him another million bucks, you're not losing anything. It's not like he's taking up cap room. It's, and, uh, you know, he, he's not going to be playing unless he deserves to be playing over somebody. Um, so I was excited for that to come for him to come back. And, um, at least at training camp, anyways, it's not official that he gets a contract. And another, just one more thing. Um, I liked somebody asked Eisenman today about, um, who would be the potential assistant captains because all we have, the only letter we oh, have yeah. right now is Dylan Larkin. And he said, uh, no captains until everybody's made the team. Yeah. That sounds like a big young German defenseman might be able to slide in there. That, now Probably. that was one of my first <laughs> things was, is he, is he saying like, if cider makes the team now, now my thinking is that is you don't, don't put it on his fucking sweater in his rookie yeah, season. I agree. Like you don't need to add pressure to him. Um, I think now, um, just the guys that I think that Eisenman was probably pointing to, um, would be, I think, uh, Ronick could be a guy that gets an A, um, yeah. as could DeKaiser, Sam Gagne. Um, I, I think I got to think that the, the biggest one, like a guy that probably already has an A on his, uh, it would be Mark Stahl. Yeah. And you know, if, uh, potentially Bobby Ryan could get a letter, you know, if he comes back too, cause he's a leader. Yeah. So my first 
thought when this was coming up or when I was thinking about it a couple weeks back, uh, Mark Schalke in mind right away. I, I, I think I totally agree with what you said. He's probably got an A. Um, and then and this might have been the meathead fan side of me, but I wanted Bert to get an A just because of what he brings to the team, that dynamic presence. But uh, after hearing what happened today, I think that's going to be a long shot. Uh, yeah, I see. I had the same same. Uh, I agree with you on that. The same thing. Uh, yeah, Bertuzzi should have an A, but um, no, and not to take anything away from him, but um, right. you're, you're choosing to get un- unvaccinated, which means you're you're losing Canadian road trips with those guys and possibly other uh, states or, you know, depending where they travel, if um, restrictions go back into place. Right. You're, you're talking about a guy who already misses a lot of time with injuries. Now he's just sitting out on his own account and he also is not getting paid for those. But I mean, that's, yeah, that's not a guy that's going to be one of your locker room leaders. A guy that is not even on road trips against rivals like Toronto, Montreal, you know, exactly. all through a Canadian road trip. This guy's sitting in Detroit still. Nah, I don't like that. I don't like that either. And we, something we talked about earlier as well is that, um, if he's the only guy in the roster currently that does not have the vaccine, um, I'm assuming that that's a culture fit thing that Stevie Y was like, Hey guys, we're going to buckle down here and I'll get it. You know, probably tried to convince guys that were on the fence with it. Couldn't get Bert to do it. Um, I don't think we, either of us would be shocked if Bert is dealt and you can't have an assistant captain that you just named being dealt. Um, so yeah, exactly. I, two of those things there unless unless it's a guy like stall who you know is a leader for you and right. then you know you can pick up some draft picks for him at the deadline same with bobby ryan and sam gagne but yeah you're not you're not giving it to a, a young guy like ronick or bertuzzi or somebody and then trading them away exactly yeah i totally agree um one more thing as far as like prospects and training camp goes and we can wrap up here and move on to like predictions or whatever else but um, we talked last time we recorded this um, about the goalies and um, how we saw three different goalies play in the three games of the prospect tournament. Um, I would have to say Bradstrom was the most impressive. Uh, Costa struggled, um, but that's to be expected as a young kid. Um, yeah, really like like we that. had talked about, uh, like I had said, you know, he's 18. We already know he's going back to juniors. Um, right. You know. No, no goalies don't do that. Goalies don't come and get drafted. I don't care if the guy, Mark Andre Fleury wasn't in the NHL the first year he got drafted. Carey Price wasn't, you know, Rick DiPietro wasn't. These are guys that were first overall, <laughs> not, not Price. Price wasn't a first, but, but DiPietro oh, yeah, and Fleury yeah. were, and they weren't in the goalies take longer to develop. And uh, so, yeah, Kosa, or uh, yeah, Sebastian Kosa didn't, didn't bother me that he was a little shaky. Um, he's going to go play against the competition again, you know, probably uh, I got to think that he's uh, would be um, looked at as the starter on team Canada for the world juniors. Yep. Being that, you know, he was drafted so high in the first round. Um, but yeah, Bradstrom, Bradstrom's a big guy and he played really well. And he's a guy that's been in our system for quite a few years without, since we drafted him. Um, and he's been playing over in Sweden and Finland. Um, yeah. He's, he impressed me. And uh and then Bednar, Bednar is another kid, you know, he's only, he's only, we took him last year. So, I mean, he's still a kid that's going back to juniors. He's got time, which is something that we didn't have three months ago, time to develop a goaltender Yeah. <laughs> when we had Bernier and Grice. <laughs> exactly. And another point that you made, um, 
the fact that Bradstrom looks more NHL ready makes a lot of sense. He's 23, 24, and Coase is 18. And like you said, it takes forever for goalies to develop. I mean, I would be really happy if uh, Coase is wearing the winged wheel in two years. Um, but Bradstrom, like, he, he could be a flyer next year, right, depending on how things go with Netty and – Bradstrom's 24 years old, yeah. It's, uh, so he, he should you know. be almost here, yeah, if, if it's ever going to happen. Well, I, I I don't know. There are guys that develop, like, super late that we've seen that a million times for the NHL, guys coming in when they're, you know, 27, yeah. 28, 29. Well, I mean, and and if Bradstrom makes it at all, I mean, he's a guy that was drafted in the sixth round. It's not like they expected him to. Yeah, it's not a first-round draft pick, 15 overall, like Sebastian Kosa was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's our guy. I mean, now and now we got Nadelkovic, and now we got Kosa, who's coming up, and now we have Bednar, who, uh, like I had said before, I was really impressed with him uh, last year at the World Juniors playing for the Czech Republic. Um, so yeah, I think uh, for the first time in uh, first time that I can ever remember being a Red Wing fan in my 34 years that. Detroit is just really comfortable on what they have in the cabinet in the goaltending department right now. Yeah. Like not that Detroit hasn't, hasn't had good goaltenders all the time or, you know, when we were uh, the world-class franchise, but it wasn't like, Oh, we got prospects coming in. We got, we had Osgood and then we had Cujo and then we had Hasek and then we went back with Osgood and Hasek. And it was like, these are, these were older guys. It wasn't like, Oh, now we got to go find somebody again. (laughs) True, yeah. I guess we drafted and developed Howard too, but still, like, yeah. another addition to that. Um, I want to talk about some predict- predictions and projections for this year, especially with some of the younger guys that uh, I'm sure if you're listening, you probably care more about than um, how Danny the Can Kaiser I just does, cut in for example. one sec and just yeah, say, yeah. talk about Jimmy, Jimmy Howard for a sec because you brought him up? A yeah. lot of people love to fucking hate him. Jimmy was a very, very good goaltender. Was that the? Do you think that's the case of the end of the era with Ken Holland and like when we started playing shitty, he was getting torched because there wasn't really much in front of him. Like, do you think that's the fallout of that? Well, I think it was. Don't like not last year, but the two years prior to that, he was uh, the two years, the year and the year prior. So the two years, he was an NHL All Star. So he's one of the best six goaltenders in the league. It's and that was you know when oh Howard looks like shit. Well, the team lost 40 or 60 games, you know? How many is he supposed to win? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you saw last year what, like, with a really hot goalie, what you can do even on a shitty team. And like, it's not like Howard was any worse than uh, what Bernie was last year. Uh, right, well, and from, I mean, I this is a guy, he, he's a U.S. Olympian. I mean, you know, he's, right. he's played for the U.S. a lot of times. He played for them in the World Juniors. He played in their development program. He played for them at the Olympics. He played three years at the University of Maine. Like, you know, he was a, he's a good goaltender. He, he just – yeah, it was – the time was over of Detroit winning when he came in. Yeah, I, that's crazy to me. Um, to hold him, like, accountable for, you know, that, that dog shit team that they put <laughs> yeah, in front yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, like, fucking yeah. – when you got fucking Jonathan Erickson on defense. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, sorry. Oh, I want to apologize too. If you guys hear my dog like <laughs> screaming in the background, uh, his name's Stevie, by the way. So he's a wings guy. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some predictions, projections. Um, we talked about it last failed podcast about the uh, <laughs> called the trophy odds. Um, 
I asked you last time to guess the top three, and you nailed them. Uh, Zegers, even money, Cole Caulfield, plus 200. And then, surprisingly, Lucas Raymond, plus 300. Yeah, and um, you know, I saw uh, I saw a thing today, like the top, I don't know, it was like 50, and Berger and Cider and Raymond and Valeno were all on it. And I'm like, get out of here. Berger, yeah. Berger doesn't got a shot at hell at winning the rookie of the fucking year. See, yeah, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, even Lucas Raymond, he's not going to play enough games that he can make. Uh, uh, yeah, unless uh, yeah, unless he you know he scores fucking forty goals in the preseason and he makes the team and he does unless that. he forces Eiserman's hand. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Um, but no, I think the really surprising names that are down the list, like even a even a Matt Boldy at plus eighteen hundred, and then the most shocking uh, odds in my mind is Quentin Byfield plus twelve hundred. I don't think LA is going to be as bad as people think they are. They have a lot of stuff going on there. Um, some good off-season acquisitions. I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts about that? The LA Kings, I don't think, definitely are not going to be as bad as people think they are. As bad as they were last year. Um, they now that today they, they just signed uh, goalie Cal Patterson to a uh, three pension, yeah. uh, five million a year, which a lot of people say, "Oh, that's a hell of a lot of money." But you paid quick that much money. Why are you not willing to pay his successor that much? I mean, I know the guy's got 50 games of NHL experience, da-da-da. But, no, I don't think the Kings are going to be that bad. They still have Anze Kopitar, who's still one of the best centermen in the game and one of the best two-way players in the game. Dustin Brown is still a good player. People hate him because he gets paid too much money. Andreas Athanasiu is a good player. Brendan Lemieux is a gritty player. Drew Doughty is still one of the best defensemen in the game. Um, He's not the top three or the top five, but I think he is still in the top ten. And then they, they got Alex Hedler still a steady uh back end guy right and uh yeah no i don't think they are and then you know you throw byfield into that and possibly alex turcott and uh vladimir kachev uh you know martin Furk, the old red wing pools yeah, yeah yeah with the fastest shot in the, uh the history of hockey apparently yeah uh, but yeah speaking or, i mean just talking about the odds again with byfield i don't think he's gonna stay at 3C, like, I just imagine that'll be moving around. Like, him and Phil Deneau might be flipping back and forth. Reason being is Byfield and uh, Adrian Kempe looked pretty good last year together. Wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they reunite them here and there. So, um, but yeah, like you said, Quentin Byfield with Anthony CU on his wing, that's like kind of a sexy little. Uh, yeah, man. And Anthony CU just, he still has just raw speed. <laughs> yeah, he's like the second fastest player in the league, some would argue. Uh, yeah <laughs> well then you'd have to argue that he'd be the third because who would you say the fastest is oh that's true i forgot about larks i mean i'd, I'd go mcdavid yeah, larkin is the only person that's ever beat mcdavid in the um fastest right. skater yeah i totally forgot about him somehow our fucking captain but yeah so i mean <laughs> yeah that's definitely. because he's uh he's our three center <laughs> yeah and he's our yeah. captain I, I forgot sorry larkin <laughs> not that he listens but yeah, right. But no, I agree. <laughs> we, we did talk about that last time about how uh, on a cup caliber winning team, Dylan Larkin cannot be your 1C. Uh, it's questionable that he'll be a 2C on a cup contending team. So I, I think you're dead on by saying that, uh, yeah. you know, his 3C, like that would be an incredible third line. Um, to put, like, and, uh, and we'd have, and obviously Valeno and Rasmussen would be incredible enough to be the first and second guys. Or, yeah, or or an off-season signing with all this cast space we're going to have here for the next decade. Yeah, and all these people saying that Eiserman I, – I can't stand reading that. Oh, Eiserman should have offer-sheeted uh, Pedersen. 
I, no, I'm no. sorry. I'm not comfortable giving up four first round picks. I know people say, oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. Not if we land Shane Wright next year or not even if yeah. we're in the top five and then people go, well, we wouldn't be in the bottom five because Pedersen would make us better. Shut up. These people, but, you yeah. can tell these are the people that don't know hockey. Like you don't know that we would not be a bottom feeding team because we are one of the worst teams. Pedersen wouldn't make us that much better. I mean, he would. No. And, but he wouldn't. But, he wouldn't propel us to uh, top twenty, right? And then, like, you give up those four first rounders. Um, even if we do get Elias Pettersson, you lose out in four years of like potentially getting that one C. Whether you don't get Shane Wright um, or not, if you know giving up those assets. But well, and um, knowing our luck with the way that we should have probably gotten first, I think with Alexis Lafreniere, we should have yeah. been higher this year, not down to sec. But I mean, wouldn't it be our luck that Eiserman would give up four first and we would be uh, lottery? We yeah, and we'd get Shane Wright and probably Connor Bedard, and then we'd go, oh shit! <laughs> and, and now, now Vancouver's got Vancouver both of these guys. Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah fucking jim benning those that fucking asshole with those two guys that 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 is the hockey gods the, like the speaking to you he, he's <laughs> got no room to sign these guys right yeah i don't know but like th- that's one thing i wish they got they got a projected 10 million dollars in space each one of those guys is going after eight plus petterson well, and did Besser resign? i forgot if Besser just resigned or not no Besser is on the final year of his contract Okay, so he's going to be asking for what six and a half by four, probably or something like that. Well, he's already making five eight, five almost five nine. So I got to assume he's going to probably want to go seven. And yeah, he's an RFA next year. Right. I was going to say one. I'm not criticizing here because if I was in Arizona shoes, I'd probably do the same path. But like as a greedy Red Wings fan, I was hoping that we'd poach more from these teams that are struggling with cap space. Again, though, you don't want to speed up that timeline too fast where you can't get Shane Red, a Connor Bedard, or Michkov. You know, so. I, I get correct, yeah. I get the um, the conservative. I wouldn't say it's conservative. Uh, it, it's the right way to do it. I'm just a greedy Red Wings fan, so. Yeah, well, I get it. I get it. Uh, like just like I thought, you know, yeah, uh, the same thing. You know, get get draft picks to take on guys' bad contracts or something. But right, you know, because we're one of the like he's really from where from where Ken Holland left to now, we really don't have contracts that handicap us where Holland was handicapped by contracts. No. Yeah. This is, uh, I completely... think the one bad contract we have is De Kaiser and he's not a bad defenseman. He just gets too much money and people hate on him. I agree. But yeah, I'm poor guy because like I, I liked De Kaiser growing up. Like he was awesome. Uh, I, again, though, I didn't know hockey 10 years ago, you know? So watching that guy was a little different from, I'm sure what it was like if you were a knowledgeable fan, but um well, he hasn't even been yeah. in the league for ten years. True. Yeah, he's like, what, he's like what, <laughs> thirty-one. He's like thirty-one now. Yeah, thirty. But yeah, I mean, he well, was an, he was an undrafted kid from uh, from Michigan uh, that went to uh, from Detroit uh, that went to Western Michigan and played four years there and uh, or two two or three years there anyway, and uh, was signed and you know that guy's never played a game in the NA. Well, he's played in the AHL, but. Uh, only as on the in the playoffs like so it's not like he needed time to season he came out of western michigan undrafted and went right into playing for the detroit red wings yeah there you go which has got to be a dream for a kid from detroit oh fuck yeah that'd be awesome um one thing 
uh, want to mention that I still think is crazy. And um, we talked about it last time as well. But uh, Jim Neal had uh, Simone Evans in as his number one overall prospect. Um, I think the Red Wings had him pretty high as well, obviously. Um, but I don't know. Do you think it's crazy that uh, Jim had Evans in as number one overall? Uh, no, I don't. And uh, well, like I had said uh, on the failed uh, on the failed attempt at episode one, <laughs> I guess we'll call it yeah. that now. Um, you know, uh, Nil was a Red Wing guy, and he he developed Ken Holland, and Ken Holland developed Steve Eiserman. So, like I said, I think that's got to be a way that they that they rate guys and how they do things. That Eiserman knows Jim Nil, what's in Jim Nil's head, probably because. He was born and fed as through management from Holland, who was fed through management from Nil. So they've learned off each other, and they've all learned that one specific Red Wing direction, which you can see since Nil's gone to Dallas, they've become a more structured and well-balanced team like the teams that Nil and Holland assembled in Detroit. Exactly. And uh, Dallas is relying a lot on Russians. Look at the Russians they got. That's, that's something that only Detroit really, you know, nobody ever had five, six Russians on their team, even three. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, it seems like the pipeline to Detroit now is going through Sweden, more specifically uh, for Lunda. So I like saying that, like, if, if you find guys are going to work in your system, yeah, may as well keep going after them. Um, well, know, and even been... when you got a guy like Mo Sider, who, uh, you know, last year with everything going on and Eiserman called up Lidstrom and was like, Hey, how about I send him over to Sweden and you can work with him?" And Lidstrom was like, yeah, okay, man, send him down. Yeah. That's awesome to see. What, what was the quote that, um, Lidstrom had about, um, oh, well, he said something nice about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, Eiserman asked how, how, um, how somebody, I, I can't remember. Was it Sider? Or, yeah, it was Sider. He asked how Cider was doing last year, and Lindstrom said he's doing great. Like, but what are you looking for? And Eiserman said, "I'm looking for you, Nick." And he said, "Well, <laughs> he's you're not going to find me." He goes, "But you know, this kid's really freaking good." <laughs> I'll take that any day, any fucking day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we should dive into some um, maybe pro- projections, I guess, or predictions for the actual Red Wings NHL team, and then maybe some prospects as well. Um. I'm imagining they're going to get about this. This might sound crazy, but I think like 32 wins this year. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, I get, I could see them getting 32 wins. I think uh, anything more than that might be a shot in the dark, but I mean, crazier fucking things have happened, right? Yeah. Because we, we talked about it last time as well, about P.O. Durian claiming the rebuild's over and that team's not any better than Detroit is. We're going to play them, you know, multiple times this year. I think we're much improved, uh, you know, not much improved, but improved from last year. I don't think 32 wins is out of the possibility. I think that's probably on the, um, you know, higher end of where they're probably actually going to be. Um, as yeah, long as like I, see- I would probably have, uh, you know, called you a moron if you said 35, cause I think that might be too much, but uh yeah, if you're Playing if Buffalo, you're camp if you're camping around thirty to thirty two, that's probably reasonable. But like I said, stranger things have happened. Like we could see uh, uh, something like where um, Lucas Raymond just goes un- unreal in training camp and through the season, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's on he's on the first line, and Jacob Verano's our third liner. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Well, okay, <laughs> I guess I guess going off that in your head, what's the worst case? scenario for this year because in my head i'm debating between 
Um, and I'm thinking about this right now. Making the playoffs would be a bad situation for me just because of where we are um, development-wise. But again, though, if you're making the playoffs with these guys this young, then holy hell on earth, what do we have? Um, second worst situation, I think, would be uh, we finished dead last in the league. The guys don't develop well. And we're not back to square one, but we're not where we thought we'd be. I don't think fi- well, I don't think finishing dead last would be that terrible. I think finishing dead last and then ending up with like the ninth overall pick would be awful. <laughs> right. But uh, I don't think it would be bad that I don't think it would really stunt these guys' development um, if it, they had this one bad year and then all of a sudden, you know, hey, guess who's not our first line center anymore? Dylan Lark. Now, now, even without Rasmussen, if we had Shane Wright, Larkin's our third center because Shane Wright's second and Valeno's first or or Wright's first and Valeno's second. Who knows? Yeah, I guess more in the sense that we come in dead last, that means that we somehow got worse than last year and the year before that, which is like, in my opinion, that'd be catastrophic. That means that either A, there's a ton of injuries, which is awful, or the guys that we need to be playing well and getting better this year just didn't do that. Um, yeah. That means that Larkin probably isn't going to be the same Larkin. Um, that means Rasmussen probably didn't take a step forward. That means Dina didn't take a step forward. Yeah, unless that, what what I'm what I'm really most worried about would be injuries to guys that stunt development of other guys. Like yeah. say something like um, um, where uh, Nick Letty gets Mo, where Mo Sider comes in. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say, and I was trying to think of Letty's name. Nick Letty gets hurt, and now it's ah, and I mean, yeah, Mark Stahl could probably handle the job, and DeKaiser could probably handle the job, but they're not in your face like Nick Letty is. Right, right. And I don't want to take anything away from Mark Stahl because he's a hell of a fucking good hockey player, and you know he's had a great career. Yeah, but uh, you know he's a, he's also a shadow of who he once was. Yeah, totally. And like you're right, that is his role right now is to. Well, I should, I'm talking about Nicoletti. I should transition back to that. But like his role this year is to help on the power play and to help Mo Sider become an NHL player. So I think that would be pretty bad if he does get injured. That would just stunt a lot of things. But. Um, and, then, and then I think if too many guys get hurt at once, like, you know, if, if we got the same situation like last year where Gagne, Bertuzzi, Fabri, Larkin, and uh, Nemesnikov are all out at the same time, now you have too many first-year players with not enough solid veterans because yeah, the, the only other guys you would have are, you know, guys like Verana and Zadina and Suter who are two third-year, two, two or three-year players you know, they've only been in the league for one or three years. Same with like Giovanni Smith. Like all of a sudden you're counting on Giovanni Smith to be one of your veterans because four guys get injured all at the same time. So yeah, knock on wood that uh, we stay healthy this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's and knock on wood that Bertuzzi stays even more healthy, I guess. I mean, that's definitely my biggest <laughs> what if right now for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got. What do you got for us? Um, not really Red Wing related, but I don't know if you heard, uh, the Evander Kane, the NHL has cleared him and they show, they, they found no evidence that he's ever bet on hockey. Yeah. And then his Uh, wife came out with, or his estranged wife or ex-wife came out with new domestic battery and sexual assault allegations towards him. I was just going to say that. (laughs) At one point we got to go. Listen, she's I know, and I know a lot of people like to hate on Evander Kane because he's been kind of wild and he's been kind of crazy over his career. 
but he's a good hockey player. And she lied about the betting stuff, which has been proven now. And so, and oh, the day that they come out, you know, that, oh, the NHL says, oh no, nothing happened. That later that day, she comes forward with domestic battery and assault charges and sexual assault. Oh, okay. Now you're fishing for stuff. So like, and I, I wish these fans would get off the internet and stop, you know, taking everything they read. Like it's the, the Holy Bible. You can't believe right. everything you read on the internet. That's how world war two started. <laughs> no, I agree. And I, I might be in the minority here, but I like Vander Kane, like the spunk that he brings to the game, the whole thing that he had with Ryan Reeves. Like that's exciting. That's, that's what makes hockey just a bit more exciting. Having these feuds, like, the whole Kachuk versus Edmonton thing. Like those are little things that I love to follow across the year. Like those were little storylines. So that's why I'm a Kane guy. I'm glad. You know what? You know, I love, I like Matt Kachuk, but he's a fucking little turtle for being a bitch and turtling against uh, my boy, Zach Cassie. Cassie, Yeah. 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 I agree. But uh, I guess we'll see They're going to play each other a lot. So, well, not a lot, but they're going to play each other. And and those are my favorite games to watch are the battle of Alberta. Oh, they are the best, hundred percent. Just because I mean, for that they and I know you know Toronto and Montreal is a good rivalry in Detroit, Toronto, but those teams aren't in the same. Even Toronto, Ottawa, they they're more, I think, better to watch than a Toronto Montreal game. Toronto and Montreal don't get physical, and no, I don't think even Toronto Ottawa get hate each other like Calgary and Edmonton just absolutely want to kill each other. And yeah. it makes and it makes for a great viewing. <laughs> I think everyone was becking for that playoff matchup last year. Yeah. That would have been unreal. Um yeah. Anything else you wanna talk about here? Uh no. Um yeah, the uh well just uh, uh I just wanted to get your opinion on uh losing Dennis Chalowski and how, what you think about that, or if you wish somebody else would have went to Seattle. Yeah, I think we kind of knew it was going to be him or – I'm trying to remember. Troy Stetcher. Who was the other person that was going to be – us? Fetch? Was that the other yeah. person we thought was going to go? Um, I personally – like, you don't want to lose your young guys, obviously. I don't think Svechnikov got a fair chance in Chicago, uh, Detroit, not Chicago. Jesus. Well, he got and, hurt too much. True, he did. And But when he was playing, like, he was a guy who – a half-appointed game guy. Like, he wasn't useless there, so – um, I, I'm glad he didn't get taken. Um, I guess it's kind of doesn't really matter anymore, but yeah. Uh, Chalowski. Well, yeah. I'm glad Stesher didn't get taken, I guess I'll, I, and I like Chalowski. I was high on Chalowski because, you know, even before Detroit drafted him, I watched him play for, for Canada in the world juniors. And, yeah. but you know, it just seemed like he played so well. And then when they sent, and then when he started playing a little poorly, they'd send him down to the to the minors, which is completely acceptable. And he would just play like junk in the minors. And then, yeah. and I think that stunted his growth. And maybe perhaps using him too early, like drafting him and using him immediately, was too much for him. Uh, maybe that in Detroit would. We talked about Detroit doesn't do that very often, but now he's on Seattle. So good luck to him. And yeah, and you always like hope that those guys get you know a second chance somewhere else and make it work i don't i don't necessarily know if he didn't get a fair shake in detroit but clearly there was something wrong with development um it just wasn't going to work here so i'm glad that he get, does get a fresh start and yeah i'm glad that uh troy statue is still a detroit red wing um, yeah oh i actually anyway. did want to ask you yeah yep, go i wanted ahead. to ask you one thing uh i don't know why it came up randomly 
Um, I think it was on my list, but who's your favorite Red Wing prospect or player that had high hopes, never really panned out to what they could have been? Oh, man. I cannot think of his name. Give me a second. I want to say, okay, I want to say what his name, what I think his name is. Oh, I was. I believe I was right. Yes. Logan Koopmans was a goaltender was a goaltender that we drafted in the fifth round in 2002. And he played uh, four years in the WHL where he did extremely, extremely well. And then went to the ECHL and the AHL and played poorly. And that was the end of him. But Logan Koopmans, that was one guy that, that <laughs> I was always really high on Logan Koopmans. Got it. I've never even heard of him. Jesus. Um, yeah, that's gonna, back. That's going back a little bit. Now, uh, go, I'm going to try to think of you know some maybe more more uh, modern <laughs> day guys. But you go ahead. Uh, Jakob Kindle. Ah, uh, I did like Kindle, but you know, I mean, he did get his fair shake in the NHL. I, you know, at least he's not a guy that lost it before. You know, at least he made some cash and went home, and he still plays over yeah, there. He's still so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing about I don't know, I don't know what this is. This is so stupid. But I love guys who have single-digit numbers on their jerseys. So him swinging around in that number four jersey, I don't know, just like an extra thing for me. But, yeah, Jakob Kendall. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's playing at home, right? He's still in the Czech? Yeah, he's still playing somewhere in the Czech, I believe, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all I had as well. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll get a, another goaltender was Tom McCollum. Oh yeah, I remember him. And uh, yeah, and he was unreal in the World Juniors in the OHL. He won a couple Memorial Cups, and he just couldn't couldn't do it. And we drafted him thirtieth overall. And you know he's still playing. He played. Uh, he's still playing over in Austria. So you know what? Hey, go over there, and make some money. Whatever you got to do, kid. Yeah, he's he's thirty one years old now, but hey, <laughs> he's living the dream, I guess. You know, still playing hockey for a living, getting a paycheck. Yeah, I just looked up Kendall's hockey DB, and he's 34 now. So, um, but yeah, so I think is he still playing Kendall? Yeah, he's playing some like C League uh, in the Czech. But oh, really? Not even? Oh no, he's playing in the top league. EHD that's, is that's the top, top league. Yeah. Well, oh, 20. It says yeah, he plays for Plaison HC or whatever. Yeah. The oh, Czech okay, extra league. Yeah. Well, how about? Uh... Oh, I just saw. Doing something over there is Yager. He's Yager, fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fifty, and he's still playing. He's got he's got seven points in five games already this season. He's got Did four he goals. Game th- winner. Yeah, he, and he's a he's a plus eight. I mean, he's freaking just killing it. I'm looking at his rookie card right now. I'm gonna get this thing graded shortly. Some beast of a card. Is it yeah, the one? A- uh, is it the one with him and John Davidson shaking hands? No, this is the uh, OPG Premier card. Oh, because I got a Yager rookie card that's worth something like fourteen hundred bucks right now. Or, I mean, that was a couple of years ago. The last time I looked at it. Yeah, yeah, it's not at the PSA. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think what we'll be doing, um, kind of what we decided on last time we recorded was, you know, somewhere between like thirty minutes and like forty-five minutes for episodes. We'll do these once a week. And then um, we'll do like a quick hitter if anything big happens, like a trade. Uh, I think deadline week will obviously be a big week, um, draft week, that sort of stuff. And then 
Um, you know, like if, the if, teams... if, if Jim Benning accidentally answers the phone when Steve Eiserman calls and somehow we get Elias Pettersson for a third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be on the horn then for sure. Yeah, Cause I don't think GMs like answering the phone when Eiserman calls, they probably go, Oh, what the fuck is this? I mean, like it, their advisors have to be like, if you get a call from Detroit, I want you to answer it and hang up immediately. One of one of the best things I saw was at the day of the Nadelka, Nadelkovic trade. My buddy had yeah. sent me a meme of Eiserman on the phone. And it said, stay calm. This is a robbery. <laughs> Dude, that's what it is. And yeah, like even just like how we got – the Blackhawks are mismanaged. I live in Chicago, and I'm just laughing up and down at this fucking loser franchise right now. But the fact that we got P.S. Suter just like makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, they just kind of forgot. Hey, you know, he scored his first career hot trick against the Detroit Red Wings. I was watching at my girlfriend's house. I remember like watching that game and I was mind. losing it. I was like, who yeah. is this guy? How's he got two goals? And then he scores it, it, like a second later. And I'm like, I would yeah. lost it. I'm like, what? This guy is nobody. I could have stopped this puck. Come on, Grice. Yeah. I could have stopped it, with... by the way. But yeah. Chicago <laughs> always finds those like 22 to 24 year old, like European kids who'd come over and make a difference right away. So I fuck those guys. But. You know, but we've, we've done it too. Like, and, and Eisman, I think tried to do it. That was the Christopher N experiment. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Damian Bruner. Uh, no, don't. don't. No, Damian Brunner was uh Bruner Brunner uh, was a, uh, I think he was from Switzerland and he came over in like 12 or 13 or something. And he had to be like 26 already, 27 maybe. And uh, yeah, he played one year in Detroit and uh, he played really well. And then he went to, he, he was, and then he was unrestricted. We let him go and he went to New Jersey for two years and now still plays. I believe he's still playing over in the Swiss league, but oh, uh, yeah, he, he came over and he did really well for Detroit. And then it was, but it was like a one year thing. But I mean, you know, that could be what Pew Suter does. He did really well last year and. Yeah, that's fair. Um, geez, I probably sound like a fucking idiot tonight. Just so gassed from work. But yeah, um, we'll have this out. This podcast will come out either uh, Wednesday night, so tonight or Thursday morning. Um, we're going to get social media going here shortly just for uh, updates around the pod and you know other content that we may end up doing eventually. But um, if that is out, when this podcast comes out, I'll have that in the show notes. So um, I recommend please going to check that out, subscribing if you can. Um, but yeah, any final words from you, Wes? No, that's, uh, I think we covered everything. Beautiful. All right. Well, good talking. We'll see you guys uh, this time next week and have a great week, guys. Take care. All right.